listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 229. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the, he's got Velcro instead of hair, John Brownstone. There was an issue putting on a shirt. Somebody's got a new haircut. <laughs> we have a Velcro situation yeah. is all I'm saying. It was catching the shirt. It was, yeah. But at least you're wearing a shirt. So, yeah. I mean, I know there are some people who are like, no, 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 JB can go without a shirt. We're here for that. I mean, across the gender spectrum. I know I, they I wouldn't exist. want to get us banned from when we do our YouTube stuff. Yeah, but this is a podcast. You can I podcast know. naked. That could be our next podcast. Podcasting naked. Naked I like, podcasts. I like that. Somebody's already doing it. <laughs> we're already off track and we're a minute in. This week, <laughs> we're talking about feeling helpless when you can't help your partner. And as fixers who want to fix everything, we know this very well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Strikes close to home. A little too a little too close. Yeah. A little too close. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at lovingbdsm, on FetLife at lovingbdsmpc, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, lovingds and the number one, Loving DS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash lovingbdsm, where you can watch us live stream. I can speak. Words are, words exist. Mm. Live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. As always, a big shout out and thank you to our kinky patrons on Patreon, our proud crickets. That's who you are. That's we. Everything's cricket themed over there because we just went all in. Why not? Uh, we see you. We love you. We thank you for your support. If you'd like access to extra content you can't get anywhere else, to more of us, to the freedom to slide into our DMs and actually get a response <laughs> in like 72 hours, uh, you can join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Lords. That's patreon.com slash Lords. Uh, you can join for as little as $2 a month. Of course, if you go higher, there are more perks, but you don't have to. Your support helps us keep doing this thing that we're doing, and we appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Lords, or use the link in the show notes. I thought you were about to click the wrong magic button. <laughs> you know, it's good that I can talk enough for 10 people, so it's not a problem to talk enough for two. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know you have opinions on this topic. Yeah. Before we do get into the topic, I um, just want to let everybody know mm-hmm. you might not have seen it, especially if you don't actually watch us on YouTube. I mean, what, what are you doing with your life if you don't? I'm just saying. Um we just put out a review for a new product from Hot Octopus, yes. the Pulse Duo Lux, which you can watch on YouTube. If uh, you're listening on the podcast, we'll link to it in the show notes. And if you are subscribed to our newsletter, we will link to it in um, this week's newsletter. But the reason I'm mentioning it is we have a coupon code, another coupon code for Hot Octopus just for the Pulse Duo Lux, uh, Kalo15. Uh, for 15% off. That's a very expensive uh, sex toy. So if you were like, I want it, but I don't want to pay full price, this is what we got for you. Um, if you're curious, the the videos on the YouTube channel for live stream watchers, and then I'll put the links in all the places. Definitely check out the review if you had not even heard this toy was a thing. Like, don't buy it blindly ever. But if you have been eyeing it, there's your coupon code. So that is all I have to say about that. So this week's topic... Feeling helpless when you can't help your partner. It comes from two places. Mm -hmm. One is that 
Um, we have each gone through this before, and we've talked about it in a variety of ways when we've gone through it uh, on on the show. I mean, but um, recently JB's been not in the best place you could be, no, mentally and emotionally, and I, as both a helpful submissive and somebody who wants to take care of my daddy dom, but also as the partner who wants to help my partner who I love. Uh, I have I have felt helpless in that moment, and I was had been thinking maybe this is something worth talking about. Um, our perspective we've talked about this many many times before. We are fixers. We are the when somebody has a problem, mm-hmm. our instinct is to jump in and either tell you how to fix it or fix it for you, which is very annoying when that's not actually what's needed. Um, that will be a lot of how we talk about this because it's all our personal perspective and experience with it. Um, but we do know that you can feel that kind of helplessness and not be a fixer. So like, I get that. But the other reason I finally went, yeah, let's, let's talk about this was because we got a, an email from a listener, maybe a watcher, but there was an email from somebody who knows who we are. And they were (laughs) describing the situation that they were having with their partner and they actually use the words, you know, I feel helpless when I cannot help them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's that's the the cosmic universe saying, just fucking talk about it. Um, I do think in the scheme of near universal things, like there's so many variations because we're all unique individuals and our relationships are all different and how we interact with the world and view the world and move through the world is also different. But I do think that it is probably more common than we realize to have these moments in a relationship. And, you know, we come at it from the perspective of married, romantic, sexual, um, and power exchange. So, but I don't think this is unique to those kinds of relationships. If you care about another person and you know that you cannot help them through the thing they're going through, or you cannot help them any more than you already have, that feeling of, I want to do more and I can't, or I want to make this better for them and I can't, I think that's a really common feeling. Now, how we handle that is Mm -hmm. where the uniqueness to us comes in. Um, so I don't know that we have any advice, words of wisdom, tips and tricks in this one. I think this is one of those episodes we're just going to kind of share our experience. So please remember that when we're talking about this, unless we state otherwise, it is our experience and our view. And we know that not everybody mm-hmm. looks at it this way. So I think it is important to start out by saying, yes, we're fixers. We keep saying that. <laughs> I know. I think I know what I mean by that. And you know, you've said it, that you are a fixer. Yeah. How do you define that for yourself um i think for me it is finding a solution for any problem and that there should always be a solution yeah i I would define it the same way like i have the answer i can come up with the answer if you just give me enough time or if you know because i have a different perspective i can tell you what to do and if you would just do it then your life would be fixed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's kind of the basis of almost any internet article you'll ever find, <laughs> including some I've written. I'm, no, sh- no shade. Like, I've written those. Yeah. Um, and it is that we we want to find solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there are solutions to problems. Sometimes, sometimes there are. There are and, not. And sometimes there, there just is not. Um, you know, this, this kind of came about... Um, 
you know, a couple of weeks ago, yes, I, I was feeling very much under the weather physically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, still not sure what was going on, but I felt like caca. <laughs> yeah. And what this dear, sweet little baby girl did not know at that time was it that physical caca also was coinciding with some mental sure caca for me um kind of hit me with the perfect storm mm-hmm. all right with everything going on with covid in our state and just the political climate in our in in our country in general i mean the fact that we have to politicize a pandemic does sort of yeah make you want to scream but whatever and and then also like we talked about friday some stuff with a 15 year old yeah we on our friday night hangout on live stream we talked a a little bit we mostly just went this week was really hard today was really hard and we left it Mm -hmm. but yes so some of it was teenage related for me it it all culminated in a perfect storm of physical and mental crashing (laughs) yes and for you when you go through that i i can sense it when you're going through something even if i can't name it Mm -hmm. um as a fixer hi who thinks (laughs) fixing is serving and sometimes fixing is serving but not always i'm trying to jump in and go okay let's let's head this off at the pass let's take care of this now because my experience with you is that if this goes on for too long we're gonna get a perfect storm of two grown-ass people who actually would prefer to be in their power exchange roles yelling at one another from across the room (laughs) and i can see it coming and i know it's coming and i want to prevent it i want to fix the problem before it's really the problem that i know is coming Mm -hmm. um that is me trying to not allow myself to get to a place where I feel helpless to help, or I feel like there's nothing I can do. Um, so I'm jumping in because I'm one of those, that's my, that's kind of my style in life. I, I want mm-hmm. to preempt. I want to think of things other people haven't thought of, and I want to prevent as much. Prevention, way, way better than a cure is how I look at it. So, you know, I move through my life that way, which part of that's for my own anxieties. You know, yeah. if I can think about the problems before they occur and stop them before they occur, then I don't have to be scared of anything or anxious about anything. That's great on some things. That's not great on everything. It's definitely not great sometimes in a relationship where that's great for me to feel that way, but that does not in any way take into account how you're feeling or where you're at or what's mm-hmm. going on with you. Um, so I did sort of have the feeling that there was a bit of an oncoming train because I could, I could see it for you. I could see what you were going through. Sometimes I know I, I am not perfect at this, but sometimes I do think it's easier for you to see what's really happening with me or me to Mm -hmm. see what's really happening with you. But the problem is when a lot of it's mental and emotional, we're not always ready to hear that the thing that we're dealing with in our head is actually either not as bad or bad in a different way Mm -hmm. or we don't have to feel you know we don't we don't have to catastrophize what we're doing in our own head 
And the calm, cool, collected one on the outside looking in who's trying to talk sense into us is just fucking annoying. (laughs) It's like, well, that's all good and well for you. But in my mind, in this dark little corner I'm in right now, none of that even matters. None of that applies. I can't make that work. Um, Thankfully... You and I both, I think, because I I go through this with my mental health. You were, in a way, going through it with your mental health. um, That has very clear external reasons, factors, and stressors. Pandemic, anyone? Um, I think... I kind of lost my train of thought. I think that that is just part of that process. And I think that is where... Fixing is meaningless because you can't fix what's in my head. You can't fix my thoughts. I can't fix your thoughts. I have to, I have to let my, I have to let you go through it. I have to let you Mm -hmm. get to a point where you're ready to talk about it, where you feel differently, where you've gotten over it, where some, and thankfully you have not had this experience we haven't had this experience with you, but we had it with me a few years ago with my mental health. Sometimes it has to get so bad. We have to just let it play out mm-hmm. that hopefully the one of us who's in the bad way will either listen to advice or do something about it. That's an imperfect solution, but I think we all want perfect solutions and those don't exist. No. Sometimes people just have to go through it. Sometimes people just have to be scared or anxious or angry or hurt because that's them processing their feelings. Um, the other thing that I know that I think about a lot is why I want to fix things so badly. And that's a newish thing for me. Before I just sort of, I acknowledged I was a fixer and I went, that's just who I am. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I will do everything I can to avoid that helpless feeling that, and will, would rather be the helper, right? Um, is because I'm trying to make sure I don't have to go through uncomfortable feelings too. I'm, I'm trying to make sure mm-hmm. you don't have to go through uncomfortable feelings, but I'm trying to make sure I don't have to be uncomfortable because I think th- this is a little bit of hyperbole, but it feels true in this moment. When I think about the people I care about, especially, but not even that, just people that I feel empathetic to, it sometimes feels that little hurts worse than watching them go through hell and know you can't help them. Um, that there's nothing you can do, that you can't make it go away, that you can't fix it, that you can't talk them out of it, that you can't kink them out of it, that you can't, Mm-mm. you know, you can't just make it better for them. Um, my first experiences with this truly in long, like long-term relationships is as a parent. I know there are parents out there who actively work hard to make their children's lives much, much easier than they, you know, and and to prevent them going through some hard things. And some hard things, you kind of go, if I could prevent that, of course I would. Dangerous things, things that are bad for them, you know, of course. But one of the hardest lessons, and I think we're kind of going through it now, I think we're watching the the early days of teenage heartbreak. There's not a damn thing I can do about that. Just be there for my kid. Um, And it's hard. As a parent, you, you sometimes have that just innate desire to go fix things or to make it better or to make it easier that's in my opinion on parenting i try never to give parenting advice y'all ever ever (laughs) ever um in 
the life situations that they have to learn how to deal with, it's one of the worst things you can do, my opinion. So I will let a kid go through a hard thing and I won't automatically fix it, even though I could. Now, hard things, there's scale to that, okay? Not turning in your report because you forgot it, mom's not bringing it to you. I'm not bringing it to you. Do not call me from school and say you forgot your project. That really sucks for you. You're gonna have to figure that out. Now, are we talking about somebody who's threatening bodily harm? This mama bear will be up in that school in a fucking heartbeat. Mm-hmm. There are levels, right? Um, but that, I, I recognize that when I started realizing as a parent, I realize it now with you. Now, add in power exchange, add in the complexities of that. I can, speaking from the submissive side, as a service submissive, to serve is to help, is to be a helper, is to mm-hmm. take care of, is to make your life a little bit easier, make your life a little bit better. That's how I interpret those things. And that can take whatever form it needs to take based on what I'm willing to do and you're willing to accept. So in that capacity, when I can't help you, I have to actively talk myself out of this thinking and remind myself that this isn't true. But for a moment, I will go, I'm clearly an awful submissive because I can't Mm. help you. I can't make this better. I don't have a magic solution. Sometimes I do have a magic solution. I'm a fixer. I'm gonna say that, would make this a drinking Mm. game. Take a shot every time I say fixer. But that doesn't mean that my solution is one you are willing to accept, that you're able to hear, that you're able to internalize. Yeah. and sometimes the solution is great on paper, but it it can It doesn't translate well. Right. It's not something yeah. you can actually do anything about. Um, and I hate that feeling. And I know that's why I want to fix things, especially for you. Mm-hmm. Because I want to actively avoid that feeling. I also want to make your life happy, rainbow sunshine, roses all <laughs> the fucking time. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I think boring probably you know in theory it sounds like it would be great i think it would get fucking boring because the biggest lessons i've learned in life have been through some of those tough times where i had to go through it and see i i was in a place and we talked about this so Mm -hmm. we you know you know we we were on the the opposite ends of the the spectrum Mm -hmm. because you as a submissive were feeling like you weren't a good submissive because you couldn't fix it and me where I was going to was I wasn't feeling my big Dennis mm-hmm. because of all the external factors that were mm-hmm. coming at me. This is not universally true. And it's, it's not true for everybody and it's not true for every time, but I have noticed pandemics aside, y'all. Okay. Um, I have noticed with, with you especially because you tend to be a mostly relaxed, even keeled human being. An actual therapist said, no, you have good mental health. And everybody around him wondered how, what does that feel like? (laughs) We don't know. Um, You're not a person who goes to extremes in your thinking or your emotions. You're just, just fucking zen most of the time. Pandemic aside. What I've noticed for you is that it usually starts out as something small. It usually for you starts Mm -hmm. out as something that maybe had a fix, but it would have been uncomfortable to do or, or, and I have this happen to me 
all the time. Whereas I tell myself that small thing doesn't matter and I brush it aside and I don't, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't deal with it. Uh, what you repress will come out in other ways. And so then things begin to snowball. snowball. And then by the time I'm at that <clears throat> point where I know I'm feeling helpless because you need something, something, you know, I want to relieve your tension, your anger, mm -hmm. your strife. And for you, it's now become this massive thing. But it started as the small thing that never got dealt with. Yeah. Um, that is from the fixer, take a shot, from the fixer <laughs> state of mind, that is very difficult because there is a lot of, I told you so in my head. Uh, I knew how this should go. We could have mm -hmm. fixed it. There's a lot of that, which none of that is helpful at all. I have, I have had to learn how to keep that in my head and not say those things out loud, unless it's a light moment where we're kind of able to joke about it a little bit yeah. more. Um, but that's just, one situation and one time of I recently that I felt helpless because you and the 15 year old are going through it. You're stressed about a thing we have no control over. That I think is probably a universal that many people would understand when one, often both of you, but if you're focusing on your partner, when your partner is stressed, upset, um, negative, insert negative emotion about a thing that you and or them have no control over. No control over how the other person is treating, is being treated, um, mm -hmm. the situation that they're in, um, how they feel about it. That is also, I know for me, a place of pure helplessness because it's one of those times where there's, there's, there are no answers. Yeah. It is just this moment that we're kind of stuck in. Yeah. Um, how, I know you've been on the other side. I know you, you have watched me go through it and you could not no. do anything about yeah, it. No, how no. have you thought about that? How do you cope? What goes through your mind? Um, Especially from the big D perspective. It's, it's tough because especially from the big D perspective, there is not a, a damn thing I can say or do that's going to change anything in the moment. Um, you know, all I can do is be supportive and and kind of let things play out as they may. That is the hardest part, just letting things play out. Yeah. And I, I, I know for me it's because I feel a complete lack of control. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what other people are going to do if there are other people involved in a situation. Mm -hmm. I know. And there, for me... It feels like there must be some action you can take. There must be something you can do. Um, every once in a while, I get a moment of clarity and I'm like, oh, there is an action. But most of the mm -hmm. time I have found over the years that when I rush to fix, I rush to do something, I actually can make it worse it, for the it's person. It's not the right thing to do. It's the absolute yeah. worst, per worst thing to do. Yeah. Either you start an argument with the person you're actually trying to help or you make the situation Excuse worse, me. or you add another layer of badness that has to be dealt with. And it's that awful P word I hate. Patience. Fucking patience, hate that fucking yeah. shit. It, yeah, it's letting it play out. Do you think that, what, that would was about to be a leading question because I know what I think. <laughs> yeah. What do you think no, I'm 
see, I'm not a professional. I don't know how to interview anybody, including my own daddy dom. <laughs> Basically, how do you, do you, what do you see are the benefits of letting things play out? How is that, how has that been useful? Um, I think to the extent that sometimes there's certain things you can't force. Mm-hmm. All right. The, the harder you push sometimes, the more resistance you get. Oh, yeah, for okay. sure. For sure. So, you know, by just letting it, letting it flow, and, you know, not to say that there doesn't need to be some kind of guidance, I mean, like with you, one, you know, one of the things I do is, you know, I will tell you, I love you. You know, I'm, if you need anything, I am here for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, it, it's kind of not doing nothing. No, and I don't it, think it is either. I think we interpret it as doing nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because doing something would be doing something to actively... Right, and sometimes that's it. not the thing you need and, to do. And that's not what, what you need to do. So, you know, yeah, by by just letting it be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's important because I want to help you. I mm-hmm. want to be there for you. I want to make all of your problems go away because I want you to have a perfect, happy, golden life. Sure, sure. I think we all want that for people that we love. The reality is we all know that's not how life works. And right. Quite frankly, you're gonna you're gonna learn. I'm gonna learn. Everybody's gonna learn more. Sometimes by going through it and finding a solution that presents itself instead of a solution that is forced. And mm-hmm. when I say a solution presents itself, sometimes it presents itself by the person going through the hard time, getting so fed up with the hard time that they're in that they do a thing that a month before they might not have been willing to do. I'm thinking specifically in this case, so the message we got from the person who used that, you know, I feel helpless when I can't help. They were talking about their partner having a just really rough time at work, it being really, really stressful. And so that was so rough on their partner that when they came home, it made it difficult to have structure within their power exchange. So I don't know what's gonna happen with that for them. I don't, one, I don't know enough details, and two, uh, not my life to try and fix. But could it be the person who's having a really rough time at work? Well, maybe it's been going on for, let's say it's been going on for a month, and at the beginning they're like, I'm gonna write it out, I'm gonna find it through, maybe fight it, I'm gonna work through it. Maybe they're thinking, maybe there's things I can do differently at work and this will make it better, right? And that's where they're at in the beginning, when nobody can really help them. And six months down the line, they go through it often enough that they get fed up and now they're ready, the solution has presented itself. They can see their way out. They can quit. They can report somebody to HR. They can Mm -hmm. fill in the blank of what their options might be that they couldn't see in the beginning of the problem when they thought they understood the problem and they thought they knew how to fix it, what they were going through, how they felt about it. A problem can look a lot different. A a tough situation, not even a problem, just a tough situation can look a lot different from day one to day 100, you know? And our, our, Mm -hmm. when we're the ones going through it, our perspective changes. And 
my experience of just letting as difficult as it is to just let things play out that sometimes provides the best solution that, yeah, you might be thinking, well, I wish we could have done that three months ago or Mm -hmm. six months ago, but that's not what happened. What had to happen is they had to get to that point on their own. And what what I'm going to say is I am very grateful to you because, you know, I'm, I'm digging myself out of my... Mm-hmm. Meyer, mm-hmm. a lot slower than I wish, but I'm getting there. But at the same time, what I am grateful for in you is that I'm, I'm doing it in my own way mm-hmm. by finding little things to do. Little things that normally if I was working in the shop or, or doing other things would just kind of get pushed to the wayside. And, and I'm doing these little things. And I, what makes me grateful is that you're not sitting there going, you know, you should be doing this. Because I don't want to hear it when I'm going through it. Right. So why am I going to do it to you? <laughs> yeah. But, but to me, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and that, just having that little peace of mind, mm-hmm. which in past relationships. Sure. Because it would be added pressure. You're already going through what you're going through. And if I'm sitting on the sidelines judging you for it and telling you what I think you should mm-hmm. be doing. First of all, mm-hmm. that, that would not make me feel very submissive. I just, I'm just going to say. Um, but also, I'm because we're outside of a, a recent moment, it's much easier to look at, of course. Yeah. So I can, I can think back to what you, you were really just like in the middle of, no, that in no way would that have been helpful. And it would have been snarky and sort of know-it-all from my perspective. And I think there, for, for the helpers and the fixers out there, the thing to get really clear on for yourself is when are you actively actually attempting to help and when are you trying to be the one who knows everything and can solve everything if everybody mm-hmm. would just listen to you? There's a lot of ego in that second one. <laughs> uh, when I'm genuinely trying to help, I have I have noticed that my ego is almost nowhere to be found. Of course, yeah, I'm proud of, you know, if I can help and I'm very happy if right. I can help and it is important to me to help. But when when what I'm doing is following around telling you how you're doing that wrong... That's one, not helpful. And two, that's about me. That's not about you. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are many people, because this is a power exchange, who would say that that's not very submissive-like either. Um, And the thing thing I'll point to on that, and I have used it recently, and it worked, but man, that was a painful way for it to work. (laughs) We have what we call a tough love clause in our relationship. We negotiated it early on because I said, look, because I know myself. Hi, I'm a fixer, I think is what I said. I said, what do I do when I see you actively doing things or not doing things that are bad for you? You're not going to a doctor. You're not dealing with an injury. This has morphed into you're not fucking communicating with anybody and it is hurting everybody. What do I do then? I cannot be this meek, mild, submissive person. And so the tough love clause was born. existence, yeah. it is way back in the archives with the podcast. And I think when I was still uploading old podcast episodes as quote videos on YouTube, I 
think it's in that playlist um, where we talk about what that means. But mm -hmm. I, I use it a, lately a lot because hello pandemic. <clears throat> um, and what I have noticed is I get, <clears throat> I get a little too excited to use it because it's one of those times I can kind of tell you what I think. And I feel like with, with almost impunity, like I can just say it. One, it works because we have the trust between the two of us. And two, it's because I try to use it judiciously. Yeah. So I'm constantly trying to find the balance of when do you really just need me to listen and be there and be supportive? Always, by the way. The answer is always. Um, and when do you need me to give you a bit of real talk? Mm -hmm. And we've... And here's the thing. That tough love clause where I give the real talk of you're fucking this up. It's not actually me trying to fix anything. It's me trying to get him to decide what the hell he's going to do about it. He's got to fix it. But I'm the one that gets to be a, a bit like the, the angel and devil combo on the shoulder and point things out that he's not mm -hmm. seeing. I get to be that voice of reason. And, and that that is a very good point because that that is really what happened. Um, you know, we, we've joked about it numerous times, um, you know, about how your therapist, you know, oh, he's... he's <laughs> It's mentally fine, you know, and I am, I, I have, I, I don't want to, saying being used to is, is not the right word, but I am un, more understanding mm -hmm. of what you go, you deal with, with your different phases of my mental of, health, of your mental yeah. health, and I think what I'm going through kind of hit me by surprise because this is not how I'm used to being. Right. You're used to being mostly kind of calm and cool and like working through it. And uh, yeah. 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 And your mind is like become the enemy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know. Welcome. Welcome. We have cookies, but the uh, emotional eaters already ate them all. Uh, I've got the chocolate milk then. <laughs> Hell you. <laughs> And, and I think that is kind of what what really blindsided me mm -hmm. in in all this because I I did not see see it coming, so to speak. Yeah. Now. And and you know now since you know we we talked about it and we understand what's happening, I I have come to find this is happening to a lot of people who sure. normally have you know that that it's hitting people and. You know, it's um, it's not pleasant. It's not. It sucks. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it sucks so bad. I feel <laughs> like every time I go through my own cycle of, of mental stress, we'll say, if I'm able to when I'm out of it, and only when I'm outside of it, I try and do sort of a, a recap and go, okay, what did I learn? What could I do better for next time? And then you try to hold on to that for when it comes up again so you can do better next time. Sometimes that works. Sometimes that doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um. And that, you know, from a, a feeling helpless kind of standpoint, that is, I think, for especially if you have not dealt with that in your power exchange and now one of you on either side of the slash, y'all, it does not matter. One of you is going through a lot of stress and strife and emotional distress, whether it's over the state of the world right now or it's something else. And there is even if you can think of a hundred solutions, there really is no solution because the way we feel about something, the way something 
hits our thought process and our emotions and messes with our mind cannot just be wished away or even tasked away. I could give you Mm -hmm. a list of a hundred relaxation techniques. That does not mean it's going to stop the underlying problem. You know, quite frankly, what I need to do is be able to like wake you up one morning and go, guess what? Good news. There's no pandemic anymore. And even then you would still, I always call it a, a hangover. Um, go through the really bad thing and then you come out on the other side and you know it's not as bad, but you're it's almost like getting your sea legs again, like you, mm-hmm. or your land legs. You know what I mean. Um, so there is literally nothing I can do other than to support you, other than to be there for you. Now, that does not mean, so I've been seeing this a lot lately and I think it's true. Our feelings and our emotions are valid. How we feel about a thing is how we feel about it. Nobody gets to tell us that we're doing that right or wrong. It's how we act and our behaviors and the way we move through the world. So here's where the tough love clause comes in. (laughs) I'm gonna support you through how you feel and I'm gonna bring all my empathy to it and I'm going to be, because this is how I am, I'm gonna be a little bit more clownish. I'm gonna be a little bit more silly. I'm gonna try and, because making somebody laugh doesn't fix the problem, but it gives them a bright spot. It gives them the mm-hmm. reminder that they can laugh and they right. can smile and they can find humor. And let's you know do things that are indulgent, but feel good. It doesn't fix the problem, but it gives us something that reminds us that we can feel good. But I'm also gonna say, no, we're not behaving that way. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. That's not okay. I love you very much. And I know you're going through it right now, but you're not yelling at me because I didn't do anything worth. First of all, we don't yell. That's not, that's, that's an agreement we have. If one of us is yelling at the other one, we're going to call each other on it. But that's the behavior part. You are acting out in your behavior based on how you feel. But you don't get to be an asshole just because you feel bad about stuff. You can be grumpy, you can be quiet, you can be withdrawn, you can be all of those things. But the moment your behavior impacts negatively the people in your life or the people around you, that's the line that uh, too many people cross um, and it kills too many relationships. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten over the years, plenty of messages from submissives who are like, well, my dominant's really going through a hard time. So I understand why they're yelling at me. No, I don't. I don't. I do and I don't. I I understand why, I do not accept it. I will call you on that. And that's why we have the tough love clause. True. Now, don't don't be mistaken. I don't like that being turned back around on me (laughs) when I'm the one acting like an ass during a tough time. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about it. Of course I don't, because who wants to hear that you've been fucking up, but we do that for one another. Um, And that just, again, that doesn't ever solve what's got you feeling bad. Bad feels like such a, just a not great word, but it's the word I got. Off center. (sighs) There's so many words, but it doesn't fix it, but it does, I have found, give you perspective. Yeah. I noticed this last time we went through it that when we would have to kind of go toe to toe, when I was like, "Mm -mm -mm, you're not talking to me like that. (laughs) And yes, yes, the submissive said that, and I'm still fucking submissive. Um, It was a little bit like, clearing away cobwebs for you because Mm -hmm. I think for a moment you stepped out of your own 
misery and went, oh, that's right. There are people around me. Oh, and I love those people. And I've just unintentionally made them a little miserable. Oops. Yeah, unfortunately, I have the trademark on Grumpy Polar Bear. You do. It's a joke around here. (laughs) And then sometimes the Grumpy Polar Bear has fucking claws. And I'm like, (laughs) I'll support you to the grave and beyond. But But, you know, part of that is our relationship is solid enough. We've developed the Mm -hmm. trust. You know, I'm never going to throw that out at you for no reason. It's always going to be something that really was a moment where it's, like we had a, it's another topic idea that I've got to remember to write down. We had a very uh, long conversation where I firmly but gently explained that I could not understand how one of the best dominant people I know, John Brownstone, with some really amazing communication skills and calmness and patience was only being that way with me. Well, not at that moment, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And could not pick those skills up and go use them with a 15-year-old. Now, I mean, anybody who's got teenagers knows that what you want to do is pinch their fucking heads off sometimes. I know, okay? But I was like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You have this ability and you're not using it, you know? And then we could have those conversations. It wasn't me fixing anything. It was maybe me pointing a thing out. It was me saying the hard thing because we have the relationship where I can I can be trusted to say the hard thing. You know I'm not lashing out at you. I'm not being cruel. I'm not trying to undermine you. I'm not trying to top from the bottom. I'm not trying to get what I want from it. I'm just laying it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't, I I couldn't have been that way year one. I'm not even sure I could have been that way year two. I have, I have over the years gotten more aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) I have gotten more aggressive about it. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not, not gonna, gonna sugarcoat that one. Right? No. 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 Um. So how do I deal with let's let's how do I deal with feeling helpless? Um. I let myself feel it too, just like we talked about the other person who's going through whatever they're going through. You kind of sometimes have to let that play out. I have to just acknowledge that I feel that way, and then do other things either within our life or that are for me or within our dynamic where I feel like I'm doing something, but I'm leaving that issue alone where I'm not pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to come up with like 10 million Mm -hmm. solutions and I can fix all of your problems and I'm not doing that. I'm having a bang issue. Ah, okay. Um, And that has, that has been difficult. That has been difficult to learn to sit back and watch you go through a tough time and just let you now i do i think i said this a few minutes ago i do try to keep it light i try and crack Mm -hmm. a joke i try to i'm constantly suggesting do you want goofy oh well i do that (laughs) but i'll i'm suggesting your favorite foods i'm suggesting what do you want to watch on tv what do you want to do what do you know and not to my detriment that's the key there i'm i don't do it so that only you feel good and I feel miserable because I'm only doing what you want to do. But I I will use, instead of the energy that wants to give you a, a bullet point list of all the actions you could take to make your life better, I take that same energy and I'm like, okay, how do I support him through this? How do I find bright moments of hope and, you know, sparkly glitter? Like how, how what can I do that keeps us both moving forward? Sometimes I know from... Um, 
my own experience when I've been kind of where you're at, for me, it's, it's mental illness, but still mm-hmm. is that I sometimes need those moments of lightness to keep pushing through the hard thing that you got to let play out, that you got to just get through, find a solution on your own, let it play out, mm-hmm. finally get to a point you're ready to make a hard choice, you know, those kinds of situations. Or in, I know in my case with mental illness, let the cycle finish and get on the other side of the cycle. Um, a lot of listening. I do. The one thing I do try to do in those moments is get you to talk about it more. Um, because, and I don't, that's not necessarily a universal thing that's going to work every time. It it depends a lot on personality Mm -hmm. and comfort level, but I know from experience with you that you do better when you talk about it, when you get those those swirling thoughts out of your head and and say mm-hmm. them out loud sometimes you realize that they're not as bad as you thought sometimes right. you realize you're not going to get the judgment that you thought you were going to get i mean how many times i think any of us can imagine having a thought we couldn't say out loud this really bad thing or this really dark thing or this really whatever thing and we thought we could never say it because the person would not understand what we meant and sometimes they they don't not everybody gets to know all your deep dark thoughts but with a, an established partner and somebody that you've built trust with, they can handle it. And we go, oh, I was really worried about telling you that because I had twisted that up into my own mind. And now, so I do try to get you to talk about it. It's a little bit like relieving pressure. Yes. It doesn't fix anything. It doesn't, if it helps, it helps in ways that aren't problem solving their it's a, like mm, it's like managing the issue it's like there's a term and i'm word lady can't like releasing work. a pressure valve? well i said that well, it's releasing yeah. the pressure but it's a little bit like um ongoing care mm. of just okay there's a term somebody yeah. will know it i can't mm-hmm. think of it um but th- that is one thing i do try to do also i want to understand what's going on i feel a lot less helpless when i feel like i can get my arms around the problem when I know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, not gonna lie, my brain is in the back. There's a gear turning going, you know, eventually you're gonna come across a solution and you're gonna suggest it and it's gonna be the right one and we can get ourselves out of this. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet, but I live in optimistic hope. Um, what are some of your things to do for yourself or for me when you're feeling kind of helpless? Um, for me, it, it's doing little things. All mm-hmm. right. Um, reading is one. Notice I've been reading a lot more. Let me make sure we're on the same page. What do you do when you're feeling helpless about how oh, I oh, feel? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, hmm. I think for me at, at those times with you, I go into more of a observation mode. Mm. Um, I know at those, it, it's funny because in some ways we're a little bit opposite. You try to be more goofy with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I try to be less so because I know I can <laughs> the puns, the puns. The puns, yeah. But I, I also know that 
sometimes with the jokes and with 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 that stuff, I can tend to push it. Oh yeah, you much. totally do. But yeah. I do too. Yeah. But yeah, it's fine. I think it's a personality so, difference. For so sure. I I kind of back back away from that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for me, it's it's more of an observation mode. Um, I tend to spoil you. I know. I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> So many Diet more, Cokes. Exactly. You know, um, <laughs> any other time I'd be like, no, you've had more than enough Diet Cokes. Or my favorite, there's a lot more yeses. And I'm like, I would like to buy this thing online. <laughs> okay, baby, go ahead. <laughs> I mean. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm a little bit more indulgent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And. You know, I, I just try to give you your space. And it's so funny because, so it depends on what I happen to be going through. Um, for me lately, it's been mental illness, but it could be, like, there could be grief that I have to deal with or whatever. Mm -hmm. And what is so unfair to you, and I'm not always good at articulating, is that sometimes you're giving me space and I'm mm -hmm. like, but where's my daddy? I want my daddy. <laughs> and then <laughs> I... I have gotten, I'm a lot better than I was probably, thank God, before we met 20 years ago. I don't have any expectation that you're supposed to know. Right. I don't, I don't feel that yeah. way anymore. But it's because I went through that stage of just thinking my partner should know and finally going, wait, we're going to be a grown ass adult here and just use our words. Um, yes. And I, that is the thing when I'm going through a hard time, it is difficult to say that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... I think you do a good job of it. You sort of give me space, and then I'll. I might say something like it's very whiny when I do. <laughs> yes. And I've, I, I, my sense of it is you kind of experiment. You'll give me space, and then you'll come a little closer, a little bit like the lion tamer with the stool thing, you testing know? the water. Yeah. Right, and you you try. I always feel like you're trying different things. I definitely know that you're much more indulgent when I'm mm -hmm. going through something tough. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely okay with that. That's, that is what my baby girl side is like, please, please be that kind of yeah. daddy. I mean, some, somebody mentioned in the, in the live chat, you know, about with the space, you know, it, it can be detrimental to give too much space. Yes. I mean, you don't, you don't want to turn your, you know, turn and your back. I mean, I give you space in as much that like, if, if you need to be in the room watching videos and and need that time fine but you know i'm always within earshot right and i think that the hard part and this is the really fine line that everybody has to walk which is not being able to help because you you just can't there's nothing you can do and also knowing that your partner is doing things that are destructive to themselves that they're mm -hmm. or that they're isolating and that the outcome of the hard thing they're going through, the effects of the hard thing they're going through are not good for you, them, and or the relationship. Right. And I think that it is better to get that radically wrong and be there too much and try to fix too much and have 
somebody kind of push you back and go, you can't fix this, than to have a complete hands-off thing and go, oh, well, they'll just tell me when they need me because that's just not... That, that's not always the case. And, that's just not always the and, case. And there is a big difference between giving somebody a little bit of space mm-hmm. and ignoring them. Oh, for sure. And that can... Depending on how, you know, everybody's got a different personality and way of interacting with people. So for some people, one person's, I'm giving them spaces, another person's, they're ignoring the fuck out of me. Um, and I think that's when it's important to, to the best of your abilities to fall back on your dynamic, whatever that might be. So if you've got daily check-ins, let's say you're long distance, but you check in every day, then that to me needs to be maintained even through those hard moments where a person's like, I, yeah. I kind of want some space. Fine. You can have some space, but this is important to me. I need you to know that I'm still here and I need to know that you're still there. So let's maintain our daily check-in. If it's um, for us living together, being married, blah, 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 24 seven, we do our best to maintain some semblance of our routine. So our routines have rules built in and they have tasks built in and for every task that i have you have a equal but opposite sort of reaction so Mm -hmm. if i'm still making your coffee i would like to still hear the thank you baby girl you know that's what we do if i'm still getting the bed ready before we go to bed and bending over the bed because that's what we do then i want to at least feel your hand on my ass because that's that's how this works Um, But does that mean we hold to it strictly and with the same level of enthusiasm? No. No. But we, to to make, I think that would be where I would get scared for us is if one of us was going through it or both of us and we just went, fuck all of it. Not because people don't do that. Sometimes that is the right decision. But for us, that's sort of how we know we're kind of still on the same page with who we want to be together, even if forces beyond our control are fucking with our heads or fucking with our lives or fucking with money or job security or whatever, family stuff, you know, the outside world can't completely crush this thing that we have together. Not because it's not capable of it, but because we don't let it. So we hold on to some basic things that are very important to us, even if they're just, a little bit more lackadaisical, they go a little slower, you know, <laughs> that, that is what we need. And I, and I think that, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that's uncommon. I, I think, cause what, what I imagine many people want in the throes of something catastrophic or stressful or just bad. I keep going back to that word. It just does not seem like a the good and the right word bad whatever however you're going to define that i think most of us especially in relationships want to know that the person that we love and that we're connected to and in this power exchange with is still there and they still care enough to to maybe they're pulling us along in our routine and our dynamic and maybe they're the one you know nudging us in different directions or guiding that for a while but i think most of us want to know that that person has not given up on us just because we can't be the same bubbly or strong or pick a pick a way you describe yourself person right now while things are really mm-hmm. really tough um you know what that looks like will be different for everybody 
Um, but yeah, I know that that's when I know things have gone completely off the rails. If the routine gets just, if one of us shrugs it off and the other one doesn't say anything, we're getting marriage counseling. That's just what yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you because yeah. that's how, yeah. that's how important it is for us. Um, to, this might be a spoiler. This is a spoiler for another conversation we'll have in a couple weeks when I, when I know I'm ready to have a conversation, but in my libido dropping drastically for the past year. This is pre-pandemic stuff. Our sex life has just been, well, it's been. Um, <laughs> and, and me, as a person who talks about sex on the internet, it is very difficult to not have a libido because what the fuck am I talking about? Um, and that, that was not like one of the hardest things I've ever gone through, but it is something that weighs on my mind all the time and that there is no easy fix for. And... Um, in the conversation about that, when we finally sort of broke it down to each other about how we were feeling about that specifically, um, your revelation to me that us not having sex as much or in the way that we once did felt like we were losing our DS, my brain couldn't even comprehend it because I was like, but wait, the non-sexual side of our DS is so fucking strong at this point. Of course yeah. we're DS. And that's how perceptions can be for people. It's why in the relationship you need to, tr sometimes you'll stumble upon it accidentally like we did. And sometimes you can be very intentional with it. Mm -hmm. You have to find out what matters and to the other and allows you to feel your power exchange most deeply. I wouldn't, I was missing the, the, the fuckery of, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I've been missing it. <laughs> but I don't tie our sex life to our power okay. exchange as much. I mean, for us, yeah. our power exchange permeates every part of our life. Mm -hmm. True. But it never occurred to me that you knew you couldn't fix my libido. You knew I kind of had to go through it and deal with it, and I wasn't dealing with it. I'm trying to deal with it now, thanks. Um, but because there was no active way to help me and that part of our life dwindled to just a bear, like the barest bare minimum, mm -hmm. you felt like there was no DS there or there was a lot less DS there. True. And so that, that was a, not in my mind as big as, you know, I'm freaking out about a pandemic or <laughs> I'm going through a serious cycle of, you know, my bipolar disorder, like certain things have levels, right? Sure. But it was still important. And you gave me so much space to deal with my libido that we've gone a year. And I mean, if you compare our sex life two years ago to today, it's not even the same animal. It's not yeah. even the same thing at yeah. all. But <laughs> in, in the course of that conversation, a lot, a lot of different factors yeah. Came into play with all that. Everybody I know, y'all are, if you haven't already, eventually you will get tired of me saying this over and over again, but it's because it continues to be true for me at least. First step's always, one of the steps at least, so maybe not the first step, one of the steps is always communication. When you mm -hmm. are at a point in a relationship where you can speak openly and without fear of, of really awful judgment. There might be some judgment. There might be some joking, but mm -hmm. you you know you are free to say what you need to say. You discover things. You th Things that you thought were fine or not fine. Things mm -hmm. that you thought weren't fine. Oh, they are fine. 
Um, sometimes you discover the solutions to problems that you thought there were no solutions to. Um, well, communication is a powerful yeah. tool. And I, and I think for me, which was kind of funny when it came out when we were talking about this, because of our prior living conditions, it had become so commonplace. Mm-hmm. We took it for granted. I wouldn't say took it for granted, but it, it just it it just became the, the, the norm. It was normalized. And and yeah. even though now that is different, our living conditions are different, mm-hmm. it's still carried over. Yeah. Yeah, we have not we've adjusted in certain things, we have not adjusted in other things mm-hmm. because some things Again, I think this is a good example of you decided to give me space in a thing you could not fix, uh, mostly because I decided not to like actually do anything about fixing it. That, that <laughs> one's on me. Hi, thanks. And I got too much space. It's not insurmountable because mm-hmm. the foundation of the relationship is still good and what we ultimately want together is still essentially the same. Right. So... For anybody who fears giving too much space, it can happen. Of course it can happen. It's really easy to happen. But if if most other parts of a relationship are, are solid, I, I just think it's just something you work back through. And it's right. the ebb and flow of not just life, but of relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us, we've talked about this many, many times in the past, a lot of us think that the two things happen. When we're at the peak of whatever current kink fuckery BDSM power exchange thing we're doing. We think that's how it should always be. And we hope it will always be that way. Anxious people and people with a lot of cynicism tend to also then go, but it's not going to be because that's not how life is. At the same time, when we hit a trough and we hit a low point, we can easily convince ourselves that it will always be this way. And then the, the cynics will go, of course it will because right, right. I know, I know y'all out there. And the reality is, is it's just a constant squiggly line and it's constantly changing. And so every relationship, it has ebbs and flows for different reasons. Sometimes it's, it's kids. Sometimes it's, you know, other things take priority. Sometimes it's interest. Sometimes it's libido. Sometimes it's medical conditions. Like sometimes it's all of that at fucking once. Um, And I talk to a lot of people who get very, very worried that their power exchange is not as intense as it once was. Well, my first question is, is that some new relationship energy that you're pining after? And yes, you can get it in power exchange, even if you've been together 20 Mm -hmm. years because you've changed the dynamic of your relationship and it feels really good. And it might not be new relationship energy, but it's something on par with it. Um, And then the other thing is, is no matter what you're going through right now, good or bad, it will never be this way forever. It will always change again. So it's sort of a, um, appreciate the good while you have it. Do your best to realize when you've got a good. And when it gets bad, for whatever reason, recognize that you kind of got to go through it. Hopefully you're going through it together. Hopefully you're staying a team while you're going through it together. And that eventually there will be another side to that. Now what that will look like, who knows? Um, sometimes I know in my personal experience, I've had a high and then the, we've, we've ebbed and when we flowed and we've mm-hmm. ebbed and then all the little ebbs and flows after have been really, really small and they don't ever, nothing ever feels as good as that one moment did. Um, <laughs> I, I 
think that's part of life. Yeah. I think yeah. our unique individual challenges and systemic issues, of course, out there all play a factor in that. But as bad as it is and you feel as helpless as you do with your partner because you can't help them, it will not stay this way forever. Um, it might be a long time, but it won't be forever. Um, and when things are great, it won't be that way forever either. So I don't have a point to that, just to acknowledge that that is how I see yeah. life. So I think that's all I have to say about that. I don't mm -hmm. know that any of that was actually helpful. It's mostly just us talking it through because mm -hmm. this is what we've been going. We go through it all the time. I think everybody goes through it all the time. There's always something hard going on. When my best friend died in 2017, that was a hard thing to go through. Yeah. There, there, there's no fixing a death for somebody you love, right? So all you could do was support me and hug me and, and mm -hmm. be indulgent as fuck. And I appreciate that. Um, and be there for me as I went through the grieving process. Yeah. Um, when we... Couple years prior to that, when you got outed as a kingster, and we had to decide what your what we needed to do for your job and how what life was going to look like, I couldn't make those decisions. I could offer up my thoughts and solutions, mm -hmm. but ultimately that was True. a decision you had to make. Um, now we're we're a partnership, so my thoughts had plenty of weight, but it was your decision. All I could do was support yeah. you through it. You know there are. There are all kinds of things that happen in life where you're, they don't happen equally to both of you. They happen more to one of you than to the other. And you can't, you can't, there's nothing you can do. You, there's nothing you can do to fix it, make it go away, or even make it better. All you can do is be supportive and be mm -hmm. there in the way that works for your relationship. So mm -hmm. if you're feeling helpless when you can't help, you are not alone. And sometimes the last thing you need to do is to keep pushing to try and, quote, help, because sometimes you're hurting more than you're helping. I think that's my last thought on that. Okay. Do you have any thoughts? Um, just I don't know if um, any of this had any form or function. Me neither. Today. I don't know either. Um, I, I know normally when, when things like this, it's kind of a therapy session for you. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm was, feeling much it, better. <laughs> it, it, it was a little bit of a therapy oh, session for me today. Good. I'm glad. So. I am glad this, uh, after the past weekend, into this week, you are a lot more yourself. You're yeah. still taking it easy. You're still, mm -hmm. you know, but you're much more yourself. Yeah. And it, it changes for me. It changes sort of the air around us. I feel that energy shift. I mean, one day I probably mm -hmm. need to have a conversation about why I'm hyper aware of everybody's moods. <laughs> I know why that is, by the way. You don't have to diagnose me. I'm good. Mm. But that that is a thing, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot we could say on this topic, because, as usual, we always just try to tackle the most gigantic yeah. topics, because mm -hmm. that's what we do. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. I'm sure there's other things that will come up. That's that's mm -hmm. why we have these conversations. Eventually, you will hear me, like, it might be 100 episodes from now, I'll be like, I know we talked about this in another way before, but let's talk about it this way now. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. True. Um, so True. I think, yeah, that's it. We do have a bonus section because, of yes. course, we do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's it. Okay. So are we good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll let other people decide. Okay. Keep, Keep it kinky, y'all, and we'll see you next week.
party. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets? You really want to talk to the crickets? I really want to talk to the crickets. I didn't get to talk to the crickets. You didn't get to talk to them last week, I I guess, did you? It's very sad. Yeah, I guess so. You probably really want to talk to them now. I really want to talk to them. You really want to talk to them now. I really want to talk to the crickets. Okay, girl, go ahead. Talk to the crickets. Thank you. Do you want to know what kind of mental blank I went through, though? What? So, for podcast listeners, you would not hear this part at the beginning, but what happens at the beginning after the intro for an episode, JB hits the audio recording button and I wait for the button to be hit and then I start speaking because I know we're recording and both sets of audiences can hear. For whatever reason, while he was writing down some numbers after we say our Cuba Kinky and we go into the bonus section, I was waiting for him to turn off the audio. (laughs) I know that's not right, but that's why I didn't start like actually asking for a good like two seconds longer than I nor like because I was like oh yes he has to write down the the thing and then he's going to hit a magic button he is not going to hit a magic button I have forgotten how how uh bonus section works <laughs> um and <laughs> after uh, only one week after only one I know I and it let me be clear last Wednesday we did not live stream the podcast but we did live stream on Friday and Saturday yes I know how the live streaming thing works. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. <laughs> so, um, for podcast listeners, uh, if you ever get a chance, I say this a lot, but this this one was was highly amusing this time. If you ever get a chance to just dip into uh, a live stream, no, don't come for us. We we look and sound like we do all the time. Come for the live stream chat because every time I would kind of glance in to make sure like I there was not like a fire blazing or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were talking about lemon cakes and cupcakes and muffins. And I, I was like, oh, from, from the way my I, mouth I, is was, watering. I was kind of glancing a little <laughs> bit too. And, you know, seeing all that talk about cakes and cupcakes and muffins, mm-hmm. supposedly makes everything all right. I need some cake. I'm sorry. You're married to me. <laughs> Actually, I have no problem buying you a cake. I'll buy you a cake any day of the week. <laughs> I, we know I have to be careful with making cakes. Yeah. Because I'm a, I'm a notorious eater of the batter, liquor of the spoon. Mm-hmm. Love it. I, no shame about it. Um, but that is not good for me. So I should not be making cakes. <laughs> so what have you got? Oh, 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 oh. Um, uh, emoji of the week. Uh, the lovely Cheeky Meg is at, at the live stream today and has already actually... This is what gave me the idea for it. We're going to do crickets again. We've done crickets before, but since we missed cr- our crickets from last week, going to do it for this week. Uh, however you would like to connect online, uh, shoot us a DM, add us, whatever, mm-hmm. comment on something. The emoji is crickets um, because we missed y'all. And yeah. if you're listening, you are a cricket. Um, and we know that there's a cricket emoji. So. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, Selena, Publix cupcakes. Those, yeah, in the live stream are... chat, Selena mentioned mm-hmm. Publix cupcakes. Publix bakery items in general. If you do not have a Publix grocery store, I am so sorry for you. You should come visit us in the South. Actually, I think they have, <laughs> they're moving outside of the South, but Florida has the highest concentration of I them. I think so, yeah. Because they're based in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then I know they're in Georgia. 
my mother is very upset they're not in Mississippi. Or if they are in Mississippi, they are not where she is. Um, she comes to Florida to go to Publix. Yes. She come, we're doing a, the kids swap. So today's Wednesday, the day we're recording, Thursday. Tomorrow. Oh, wow. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, we're meeting halfway in between. So we're actually meeting up at the panhandle of Florida um, for her to give me the 10-year-old back. He's been with her for five weeks now, I think. Um, and um, she was, we can't, we're not going to a restaurant just because you can go to a restaurant right now. Does not mean I am going to a restaurant? So we were like, what do we want to do? She's like, can we go to the Publix Deli? They have really good sandwiches. And we could go in, order, and get the hell out. And I was like, that's fine, whatever. And uh, I was like, you were just looking for an excuse to go to Publix, weren't you? And she's like, I don't know what you mean. I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be back to having two kids again. It's going to be weird. Yes. And I know the 10-year-old's going to look massive to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'll think he has grown how like a foot. He, how much has he grown this I'll summer? bet yeah. he will stop being so um, computer screen pale. Because uh, his grandma makes him go outside and, like, dig yes. in the dirt and do work on their property and blah, blah, blah. So maybe he's got a little bit of color, a little bit of sun. Help tend the animals from the dogs and chickens yes, and cows. Yes, and, and they uh, had to pull up roots on some land that's being turned into pasture land. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a, I sit in my house with the air conditioning and the uh, artificial lighting because that's mm-hmm. what I do. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah. So I love Publix. She loves Publix and she's getting her Publix fix. I mean, it, the sad thing is we will each drive about three and a half, four hours to look at one another for about 45 minutes (laughs) and then go our separate ways wearing our masks and you know, all that stuff. But that, so yeah, that's actually my week this week. I have a lighter week than normal. So I could take a full Thursday off to go make that drive. And I will be tired as fuck when I get home. <laughs> yeah. So what have you got for interesting um, tidbits? I, I've been doing lots of, of little tidbitty things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hung a whiteboard by my desk so I, I can make notes of little things. I know we have we have a pair of whiteboards, one by my desk, one by yours. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. We're getting closer and closer to finally being ready to record an uh home office tour video yes. for the channel after we bought a whole house just for the office, but whatever, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're getting closer, yeah. And um I I worked with you preparing the backdrops for our wall. I know. You've got to go buy the picture hangers, but so maybe mm-hmm. by the Friday night hangout they might be up. They might be up by then, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Because I already We did have, crafts together I, too. I already have the mollies for the wall, so it's mm-hmm. just a matter of getting the um the actual picture hanger. The actual thing. picture hanger for the back of the one board. We DIY'd our backdrop and I'm yeah. so excited. We did it together too. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. We're too cute. You helped me cut plywood. I did help you cut plywood. And yeah. you helped me put fat, make the board a quilted board with, you guys use a staple gun more than I did. Uh, my sense yeah. of that was that you were very worried I was going to staple my finger. Yes, yes. He was like, how about I do the stapling? Now you showed me how to do it properly and mm-hmm. safely. Yeah. And I did. Uh, but then you, yes, quickly commandeered the staple gun. Well, you were just like... I was a little timid. I was a little yeah, timid. Yeah, and I was just like, doop, doop, doop. Let's, let's do this. 
Um, CDC asked if I'm projecting any new projects for the shop. Um, CDC, I'd like to be. I know. I keep looking I'd, at all your wood, and I'm like, oh, that'd I, be I'd cool really thing. like that'd to be. be I, I have a, a, a ton of, of stuff, and, and here's, the, here's part of my problem. Back in June, mm, yes. I, I ordered some stuff looking ahead. It is still on back order. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it stuff is still on back order. They took your money though, didn't they? Oh, they sure did. Uh-huh. Um, the beginning of July, I, I bought a, a big tool. Um, massive. They're bringing it in on a big old on, tractor on a big trailer old tra- thing. Trailer. Yeah. Um, that's on back order now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so. You know, as much as I'd like to say, yeah, I've, I've got all these things lined up, uh, you know, that that's another thing that's kind of been affecting me because it's like, you know. I know, and I, I need yeah, you to make I, more products. I, I, I have things I, I, I want to do, but, um, you know, at, in CDC, yes, the cutting board. Um, that is something that, that I had on my radar. And the tool that I am waiting for <laughs> would help me make those. And see, here's the thing, though. I have You and I have long, for years now, years gone over the fact that as a woodturner in Florida, it might make more sense to, to slow down in the summertime mm-hmm. so you can focus on other things. Like we're yeah. doing a website redesign right now, right. a rebrand, and I can't wait to like actually have something to show anybody. Um which we're getting there. I did a lot of work on that last yes. night. And and that was some of the other things I've done. Right. I, I took but some pictures for that. It feels like the universe, the, the cosmos, are like, look, it's fucking hot outside. John yeah. Brownstone. Just stay your ass in the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. When the humidity dies down, the heat doesn't have to necessarily, just the fucking yeah. humidity. Go your ass back out there. Mm-hmm. So it might be that the, the wood gods are, are Maybe. delaying you Maybe. so that you can focus on the things that yeah. I have a list for him. Um, <laughs> because CDC, yeah, I, I, I actually have a, a, a really um, cute design for a cutting board. And then as Eva pointed dying. out, restraint bars. Yes. That was a request she, made. She, she actually brought mentioned that in uh, Discord. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, so, you know, yeah, but I, with, with, with all this caca going on in the world, sure. you know, I, every step I take with that, it, it seems to just, you know. So you, oh, gotta, you gotta be oh. flexible and we're working on other priorities. I have to be patient. I know. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm inadvertently <clears throat> roping you into the part of have, being a wood turner who actually sells your products on the internet to the part that you don't like to do. I know. You don't like to do the admin work. And you <laughs> no. actually, I think you like taking the pictures, especially now that we got a better camera. Yes. Um, but I don't think you like any of the rest of it. Well, we're talking about the website redesign that we're doing. And I'm like, this page needs words. He's like, that's right. You should put words there. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Well, okay. You, you are <laughs> I guess the, I will. You are the word lady. I guess I will. You're just, the word lady. I hope these represent who you are as a wood turner. I'm Here we wo- go. I'm the wood man. You're the wood lady. Word lady. Word, word lady. lady. <laughs> wood man and word lady. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, but I, I do. Yeah. I, I think I think the universe is trying to tell you something. Stay your ass inside mm-hmm. for a little bit. Let's work on mm-hmm. this other stuff. 
Um, um, and, and Eva asked me if it, if, if it will fit in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> what does uh, that tell you? Um, no, it will not. Yeah. We have plans for you to expand the shed. Yes. We haven't actually acted on any of those either. Mm-hmm. Now, if you... When, not if, because the plans are legit. I mean, even the money set aside for it. Yeah. The, the, the plans exist. When that happens, I will abs- happily take everybody on a, a kinky wood-turning tour yeah. as well. Be mm-hmm. like, look, here are the paddles hanging from the ceiling, because that's not unusual. Yeah. Actually, that's not unusual for our life. Right. There's usually paddles hanging so, from something. So, no, it will not fit in the, um, in, in the shed as it is, but um, I, I've got that covered. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, the, the tool, I ordered it with wheels. Yes. The wheels came. Actually, I have the wheels. The wheels are here. We have the wheels. Wheels. The wheels arrived three weeks ago. (laughs) So you can just wheel those wheels around all you'd like. It's fine. Yeah. Mr. Spock said, talking about the the making versus the admin, that's when it's useful to find someone who enjoys the admin stuff. He did. He married her. Yep. I just don't have time. I do. T- I, the only yeah. thing I don't do is I don't upload products to the site. No, I take I, care I've, of everything I've else. Been, I've, Thank I have God. done all that in the past. Yes, added the pages and yes, Mary and then you and, all and their- then you're like, I put them up there. Go fix them now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. oh. So, oh no, go ahead. So you know, yeah. What what I I and and I'm quite fine with this with the thing being on wheels. Um, it can live in the garage temporarily, and I can just wheel it out to use it and bring it back in. Mm-hmm. And that, that will not be a problem. Mm-hmm. But even even had it been able to go in the shed, I still would have gotten the wheels for it. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I mean, it eventually will have a larger space and it'll be fine. Uh-oh. I've rubbed off on, on Meg. I'm pretty sure Cheeky Meg was already filled with puns, to be honest. Just yeah. saying. Okay. Just saying. Okay. Our aud- we know our audience. True. Either True. it's it's a, I don't know if the proportions I don't know if it's fifty fifty but there are those of us who make the puns and then there's the rest of us who roll our eyes at the puns, <laughs> which works considering who we are. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I did want to say I uh, went fully not fully down as Silent Wing called it you know my, into my grandma state, uh, but I'm closer. <laughs> I ordered a bunch of fabric off of Etsy. No sewing machine. No projects for it. But I will own the fabric. It is it is whizzing its way to me right now from whatever yes. place the, this shop was located. It's such it, there's some really pretty stuff and there's some really cute stuff. Y'all, one of these bundles had some unicorn fabric in it, and then another one had mermaid fabric and, in it. Of course, what, I was buying. What caught it. my eye when she was pointing some of this out was the steampunk fabric. Well, that was a different thing. So I'd ordered the fabric, and then I keep. I'm still in my uh, YouTube quilting youtube rabbit hole like i'm now dreaming about quilting based on what i've seen in the videos it's that serious and dreaming about it apparently that's what i just said i've been dreaming about it like i'm dreaming about piecing quilts and sewing quarter inch seams i don't even have i've never used a sewing machine in my life y'all i don't know what the fuck is wrong with me (laughs) but i did you know so a few things because we did not we did not buy a house to have a, a sewing room or quilting space so we bought the house for the office and so i'm trying to figure out how this would work logistically but in order to justify the cost of buying the things that would be needed like a sewing machine and a table for it because our kitchen table's too high for that 
I checked. Um, <laughs> I was like, you know, I could make you a steampunk quilt. And so I showed him some steampunk fabrics I had found. And then this one fabric company that I love that we got our mature, let's put air quotes around that, mature mm. fabric for part of our backdrop, y'all hopefully see soon if you watch us on YouTube. Um, they do a bunch of steampunk fabrics, but they also do very specifically the octopus kind of steampunk thing. Yes. Enough that I could make a legit quilt out of this if I knew how to quilt. And so I was showing it to him because here's the thing. I'll say it blatantly and openly and honestly. You know what I'm doing. If I, if I can show him how it can benefit him, then it's much easier to have the conversation about the expense. Just saying. Just saying. We're not, I'm not buying a sewing machine. Don't worry, not at least not right now. I literally some money would have to land, fall in our lap because it's the only way that would happen. <laughs> that is not in the budget, but I am dreaming yeah. about it. I'm, I'm going full on grandma. Um, it is happening. Uh, no, no shame. I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll have a stash of fabric probably years before I have a sewing machine. And then of course <laughs> there's the practicing the skills to actually do anything yeah. with it. There's also that. So, but Silent Wing says I should send the fabric to someone with a, with a machine. No, I want the fabric <laughs> and I want the sewing machine. I don't want anybody else to, I don't want that. So, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm hoping for some better weather now with the bike running. But you have said a couple times you're going to take the bike out. I know. Has that happened yet? Hadn't happened. I've slept in. I've opted for sleeping in in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. Yeah. If I'm picking, I'm going to pick sleeping no, I, in. I did oil the chain today. Yeah, so you're like a step closer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Got the chain all nice and, and lubed up. Lubed. Lubed. <laughs> <laughs> We put a video up on the YouTube channel a couple weeks ago. It was a review for Butters Hygienics Company. And I know a lot of people who don't, haven't known us very long or only know us from YouTube are probably very confused. But the thumbnail that I made for it, <laughs> just said lube. Because I was thinking of all the people on the podcast who used to say yeah. that they liked, for whatever reason, they just liked how I said it so of course I have to exaggerate it and do it too often because that's who I am mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure it confused the fuck out of some people who <laughs> saw that video whatever I have no regrets no regrets so mm. yeah I mean yeah that's us that's yeah I, I know Crow it, it's going to be a tight race <laughs> which one gets here first so for podcast point. listeners Crow said wonder which machine will be their first Kayla's or JB's well I will say when I first started pricing sewing machines uh, most of them were sold out so I think we're kind yeah. of in a, the same place I did finally start looking for either refurbished from machine sewing machine companies I haven't been brave enough to go into like the Facebook marketplace kind of sites and look to see what people are selling. Uh, mostly because I don't want to deal with the general public and strangers. Like that sounds like a special kind of hell, uh, especially through Facebook. That sounds like real hell. Um, <laughs> so 
yeah, no, 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 no. I like, yeah, the money fairy would have to be like, here's about six hundred dollars mm-hmm, for the machine, mm-hmm. the table, and a few assorted things. Have fun, and that's not gonna happen. So, it's a dream for right now. But what it'll be a little bit like your wood turning. You were watching wood turning stuff for six yes. months to a year before you first did anything with it. True. And so I feel like if True. I just keep watching these videos, it's not the same as practical hands-on experience, of course, but I feel like it'll give me some basis to pull some kind of knowledge out of my head to then apply to the hands-on. Right. And still fuck it up and have, you know, seams that yeah. aren't straight and not know how a sewing machine works and all of that stuff. But, so I don't mind. I'm, I'm, and I'll just mm-hmm. keep collecting pretty fabric. Yeah. Eva, <laughs> Eva made a, a, a shocked statement about what not me not being up at the break of dawn um i will qualify that by by saying um because of sake most mornings i am yeah you are um because he's as he's gotten older and had his health problems he's less likely to make it through the night so i i get up not make it when we say make it make it to the bathroom Bathroom. so there are no messes left yeah um (laughs) that was an important clarification thank you um (laughs) yeah he he has a hard time holding it now yes um so um i get up take him out give him his morning meds Mm -hmm. and then drop back into bed yeah sometimes sometimes you don't sometimes i don't but Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, no, you are the early riser for sure. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Not me. I don't know what I'm gonna do when school starts back up <laughs> and they're back on a schedule. That's gonna suck for me because I have totally been sleeping in. I've been waking up at yeah. like eight o'clock. And in the we've morning. been going to bed later too than we normally uh, even yeah. even for yeah, for summer have. because you know it's just like yeah yeah we have mm-hmm. <laughs> that. The transition back into a school schedule is going to be rough for everybody. Yeah. Everybody. There'll be a lot of coffee drinking going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that I think is it. I think mm-hmm. that's enough. I think that's yeah. plenty. Um, of course, y'all know us. Of course, we can keep talking. But that's why we do the YouTube live stream chat on Friday nights, and right. it starts at nine thirty p.m. Eastern. Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time we go until midnight. Sometimes we go later. That's really rare. Sometimes we end earlier, like at 11. Um, past couple weeks we have, cause it's just been like, it's been too much. We just needed to like chill, but yeah. So, and we talk about anything there, anything, whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So we can stop here because that way we'll have something to talk about on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Okay. I think that's it. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to say goodbye. I'm really, uh, goodbye. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, we love you guys. Thanks for, thanks thanks for joining us. Sticking with us till the bitter Mm -hmm. end. Um, y'all are the, the legit, legit OMG crickets. Yeah. Uh, OG of the week is crickets and yeah, we're, we're here. We're doing Mm -hmm. stuff. We'll be back on Friday. We'll be back. Mm -hmm. We think next Wednesday, you know, simul, simul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.